welcome to the Tabletop Games Blog Topic Discussion. How real-time games deliver excitement. Hey there, it's Joe Slack from the Board Game Design Course. Oliver was kind enough to let me return and write another guest post in this blog, this time about real-time games and the experience that they deliver. I hope you enjoyed the article. Not everyone is a fan of real-time games. Some feel too much pressure on them and would rather play a more relaxed style of game. Others love the challenge. But what is a real-time game? A real-time game has time constraints and forces you to move quickly to succeed. Rather than having as much time as you need, or as much time as the other players will allow you to make decisions, there is a timer present. This may be in the form of a sand timer, electronic timer, soundtrack, or an app. Some examples of real-time games include Escape Curse of the Temple, Magic Maze, Fuse, and the classic word game Boggle. I've created my own real-time game called 14 Frantic Minutes that I designed with my good friend and oft-collaborator Sylvain Plant. It's a game where everyone works together cooperatively or plays solo to connect circuit pieces to unlock doors and advance from one room to the next, all while an evil genius advances towards you. If he reaches you in the room you're in, it's game over. But if you can beat all seven rooms within 14 minutes, you escape. In this article, I'm going to discuss how real-time games deliver excitement, and I'll also go into some lessons that I learned through designing my own real-time game. So what makes a great real-time game? Tension. One of the key aspects of a real-time game is tension. Players are under some form of time pressure to complete tasks or actions, so you need to ensure that players must move quickly in order to succeed. You see this tension in the form of rolling and placing dice frantically in fuse, moving the pawns quickly and getting them into the right location before the timer ends in Magic Maze, and having to come up with as many words as you can in a short amount of time in Boggle. At first, 14 frantic minutes involved a lot of dice rolling. First, you needed to roll a certain combination to break the lock and get out of your room. Then, when you moved into the next room, you could earn keys of different colors if you rolled the right numbers. This involved players rolling all their dice, keeping the values they wanted, and re-rolling all the other dice until they achieved their goal. The keys corresponded to different doors. You needed a red key to unlock a red door, a blue key to unlock a blue door, and so on. So you could collect up keys you didn't need at the moment, but might require later, as you advanced, opening up one room after the X. Sometimes this meant backtracking after hitting a dead end or trying a different route. But I wanted to create tension for players in two different ways. One, the feeling that they had to get to the exit within a certain amount of time, and two, being chased by some sinister character. So players would win if they got to the exit and escaped in time, but they would lose if they either didn't escape in time or were caught by the mad scientist who was tracking them down. As a player involved in a real-time game, you need to focus on a specific task. It may not be a difficult task, but it's made more challenging by the fact that you have a limited time in which to accomplish that task. It's so much fun to hear your friends yell, we're not going to make it, as you frantically work together and try to beat the clock. Take a breather. But at the same time, real-time games often also give you a chance to take a breath every once in a while. If you get ahead and are doing well, you'll have the opportunity to relax slightly, even if just for a moment. But then the tension builds right back up as you realize that the clock is ticking and you need to move faster. In Escape Curse of the Temple, this is achieved through all players being forced back to the starting room twice per game. There's often a huge buildup of tension as players race back to the start, sometimes locking up their dice and needing help from their teammates to advance. 
If anyone doesn't make it back in time, they lose one of their dice for the rest of the game, which is quite detrimental. The soundtrack goes calm and players can take a moment to regroup and figure out their next steps. In Magic Maze, players have the option to advance one of the pawns onto a sand timer space, which allows them to flip the sand timer over, giving them more breathing room. Players are also only allowed to talk when they take this action, so it's a moment of peace where they can discuss who needs to do what in the order for the team to succeed. Then, as soon as one player moves upon, the game returns to silence and tension. I tried to achieve this breather moment in 14 frantic minutes in a couple of different ways. When playing all together cooperatively, there was a timer that went off every so often that advanced the mad scientist. But you could also play one versus many, and the one player would be playing as a mad scientist, trying to roll the right combo to advance from one room to the next to catch the other players. If you had a couple of rooms between you, the tension would ease off momentarily. Unfortunately, I discovered that there was a game already similar to this, Escape Curse of the Temple. I wanted my game to be different, but didn't know what direction to take next, so I put it on the shelf for a while. But the game kept popping into my mind. I knew I had something there, I just couldn't figure out the next direction. So I decided to get the help and bring in my co-designer, Sylvain, to help take the game in a new direction. We removed the one versus many element, the role of the one player was less fun anyhow, and came up with a clever circuitry puzzle idea. Players needed to work together to complete circuits to advance from room to room, all while being chased. The mad scientist advances every two minutes, and if you're in that room, it's game over. But if you can move quickly through the first few rooms, you can bank some time and relax a bit until he starts getting closer again. It's an interesting ebb and flow. Real-time games are quick. One of the other great things about real-time games is that they're quick to play and are often also quick to set up. It's probably because most people can only handle the heart-pumping tension for so long. That's probably why most tend to fall in and around the 10 to 15 minute range. Real-time games make great filler or warm-up games. You can also play them multiple times in a row if you can take the tension and still not eat up your whole day or evening. When designing 14 frantic minutes, we wanted to keep the game tight and fast paced for all these reasons. We also added a thematic soundtrack. The tempo picks up the closer you get to the two minute mark and then you hear footsteps just before he enters, signaling that you need to move fast. You may last 14 minutes, but your game can also be over in just two minutes if you melt down and can't figure a way out of the first room. However, with the puzzling nature of 14 frantic minutes, we also found that many players wanted to keep going and figure out the solution for the room even after they failed to complete it in time. They wanted the satisfaction knowing they could accomplish the task, even if they knew they already lost. Being a short game, an early failure often resulted in players saying, I want to try that again, which is fairly common in a lot of these other real-time games. Cooperation. One element of many real-time games is cooperation. While there are exceptions, including competitive games like Pendulum and Boggle, cooperative play is often a hallmark of these games. In Magic Maze, Fuse, and Escape Curse of the Temple, you have to work together to accomplish your goal. You all win or lose together, so it has to be a total team effort. Since the overwhelming majority of board games are competitive, it's sometimes nice to be able to sit down with friends and play a game where you're all on the same team. We wanted to ensure that in 14 frantic minutes, players needed to work together while avoiding quarterbacking or the alpha player issue. This is when one player takes over and ends up telling everyone else what to do. We wanted collaboration, not coercion. In a very early playtest, we noticed that one of the players was sitting back and not contributing much to the group. She felt that the other players were controlling what the group did. So we decided to assign specific pieces to each player. 
you could only touch your own pieces and nobody else's. That way, everyone needed to work together and there were often times you relied on another player to help you complete a specific portion of the circuit. There is also a very strong element of collaboration and reliance on other players in games like Magic Maze, where everyone can move any of the four pawns, but only in the directions indicated on the cards in front of you. There is no possible way to win or even advance all your pawns to the other rooms without everybody contributing. This collaboration was something we wanted to be sure was very present in 14 Frantic Minutes as well. Wrapping it up. Real-time games can be frantic, chaotic, and very tense, but they can also be a whole lot of fun. You often have to work together with other players, and the time constraints really make it a challenge. Real-time games are not for everyone, but if you have the right group of people, they make for a very memorable experience. I hope this article has piqued your interest in real-time games, and that you have discovered a few new ones you might want to try. Make sure to check out Joe's real-time chase and escape game, 14 Frantic Minutes, which is live on Kickstarter right now until November 4th, 2022, and is already funded. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games blog topic discussion podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode, as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me, and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my supporters. Royal Patron, Sean Newman. Magic Champion, John Risley. Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor. Dice Masters, Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin Kay. Shining Lights, Gavin Jones, Vukasin Nizovich, Sarah Reed, Richard Simpson and Tim Vernick.